0: Welcome to the Phase World Podcast, engaging conversations that cross the boundaries between business, art, and the digital world. Welcome to the Phase World Podcast. This is your host, Fei Wu. My podcast is a reflection of my life, a collection of stories from the people I find aspiring who I'm always eager to learn from. So instead of learning from only the top 1% of the wealthiest, the most successful people in the world, I created this podcast to share stories from sung and unsung heroes, people you can truly relate to who are just like you with limited resources, time, and support. They're passionate for what they do and are willing to share with you their expertise Tips and tricks, wisdoms that may feel counterintuitive at first. As I continue to develop my podcast, I'd like to bring to you real people, real stories, from those who are working in advertising, consulting, music, art, sports, and many more. If you are considering a career switch or simply wonder what it's like to be doing what they do, you will really enjoy these conversations. As always, I would love to hear from you on my podcast. So please drop me a comment on the website, subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, join me on my Facebook page, forward slash FaceWorld, F-E-I-S-W-O-R-L-D, and same handle on Twitter as well. I had the pleasure of interviewing a colleague of mine here at Arnold Worldwide. Her name is Renee Herendine. Renee and I work on several projects together. We share very similar beliefs when it comes to life at work and also life outside of work. One morning, Renee said to Carrie, one of my coworkers here, that you know what? You two should totally come to my Zumba class on Tuesday. I was in shock. You know, though I taught, where I still teach, Taekwondo, a form of Cree martial arts to adults and children in my dojang once in a while, instructing a crowd of people you have never met to learn how to dance simply seemed out of my reach. For those of you who are not as familiar with Zumba, it is um, an aerobic program inspired by a variety of Latin dance movements, performed to super upbeat, sassy music, It is fun, relaxing, and sweat-dripping workout for anyone. But very quickly, I realized after Renee told me that she is into Zumba, into dancing, some of the dots began to connect for me. For months, I had known Renee. I often wondered why she handles stressful situations with ease, why she doesn't lose her temper, why she listens while many others don't. But more importantly, the way she carries herself isn't just a surface level, but something so much more profound. I couldn't wait to ask Renee about her secret origin stories. What made her into who she is today? And what was it like to pursue a life in dancing? While your peers, your friends followed a, a traditional path, how did her parents react to that? And what is the difference between a day in the life of a dancer versus what she does right now, which is a marketing director at Arnold Worldwide? So this 40-minute podcast is here to answer these questions and much more, such as Renee's experience in taking a stress management course at Mass General Hospital and her decision to teach Zumba to women at homeless shelters in Massachusetts. Without further ado, please welcome... Renee Herendine.
1: welcome to the phase world podcast Renee Herendine. Renee Herendine. I feel like you're I heard your name just so many different ways oh yeah
2: where was I the other day oh I was at court the other day for a speeding ticket and they said Henderson
0: (laughs) Henderson is very common. Henderson
2: is so common. I'm like, how do you get Henderson from Herring Dean? Yeah. I there's R's, there's no, like, I don't know.
1: Yeah, Drew actually said that one day. I was just chuckling, but.
2: Close. So there's, a, there's an H at the end, N at the end,
1: close. Yeah. So what is, where is that originated from?
2: Uh, my dad is English.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. English. And there's some French in you as well. My
2: mom is French. Wow.
1: from From
2: France? From Canada.
1: Nice. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So, I'm very excited about the, the show for a variety of reasons. We're going to talk about a little bit about Arnold. You're a senior marketing producer here. Marketing director. Marketing director. Congratulations. Um, yeah. It's um, a pretty senior role. And um, we're going to talk about dance, hopefully, um, not just one type of dance, but Zumba, um, belly dancing. Mm-hmm.
2: What's the third one? Ballet? No, those are the two main ones. Wow. I did a little stint in ballroom dancing at one point, but that, that only lasted about six months.
1: Don't be shocked. We This is about promoting ourselves, <laughs> you know, um, being thrilled to be a woman in a professional environment, and um, and then I feel like spirituality, psychology, reading, will touch base on that as well, so. Awesome. Yeah. Um, super excited. So let's jump into dance, because I'm not going to pretend to talk about Arnold first. No, let's talk about <laughs> dancing first. Okay um when did you get started well what's so first of all let me step back you were working in new york city
2: mm-hmm. correct
1: um and as a dancer i need to hear that story oh, my holistically story?
2: well i've been dancing my whole life i grew up doing tap jazz ballet acrobat a little bit of everything and i would always quit literally i would go for a year and be like i'm not doing this anymore i don't want to do it and then next year you be like oh i miss it i want to dance then i quit my mom was like, no more, you can't, you just keep quitting, what is going on? So then I took some time off, and in my late teens, I saw Shakira dancing, Mm. and I was just like, she's so good, she just, like, she has the rhythm, she hears the music, she's just awesome, I'm like, that's what I want to do. So, I was living in Rhode Island at the time, and I found this dance studio in downtown Providence. So, every Tuesday for two hours, I would go, and it was Middle Eastern dance or belly dance. And I absolutely loved it. I just I did not miss one class. Wow. What, it.
1: what age was, was it then I think that
2: was at 17. I started wow. taking belly dance classes. Wow. So when I was 17, 18, and then I moved to New York City, continued taking classes. I started teaching. When you are in college. When I was in college, and then I joined a few dance troupes, started performing, and then got into even more performing. We, I, I've done wedding shows. I performed at Saks Fifth Avenue. Lots of crazy stuff in New York City.
1: Wow, There, I have a million questions to <laughs> yeah, follow up yeah. with this. Uh, you were, one day I was trying to figure out after you told me the story,
2: were you working also at the same time, like full-time? No, so what? I was going to school full-time, but I also was working part-time at a women's gym, so doing sales, training, a little bit of everything, and mm-hmm. then this was on the side weekends or depending on what the gig was at night. Mm-hmm. What What are some of the most memorable experiences. I think Saks Fifth Avenue was one of the most memorable experiences. It was the launch of a new product line by Bobby Brown, makeup artist. Yes. And sure. they it was like the Oasis line or something and they needed five belly dancers full costume to come in the store for the launch. Mm-hmm. So, a few of my friends and I we were hired. We were there all day in mm-hmm. full costume. I have pictures of me in Fifth Avenue. <laughs> okay, can
1: I get some of those photos I will too? show you,
2: they're crazy. <laughs>
1: wow. I tried to find the website that you sent me again, and I'm trying to Google your your name, but I couldn't oh, find
2: it. Oh, no, I took it down. because oh. no, It's been too long.
1: No, come on. Let's... I, I want to definitely feature image galleries and like, if videos, if they exist.
2: Oh I have to find some old videos, but I definitely have images of shows I've done and everything. Yeah. I must admit
1: that after been being in two of your Zumba uh, dance classes at the Boston Sports Club in downtown Crossing, I absolutely sense your passion for mm-hmm. dancing. This isn't something you do to make money or something you happen to do when you're a child. but there's something in you. There's there's that fire that um, I you know I feel like you're very passionate about what you do at work as well. Um, you have that sentiment or like empathy for your teammates. Being on the marketing team, you know, that's not a, a typical emotion you often see. So, do you think there's a connection between being an artist and...?
2: I, I could definitely see a possible connection. Yeah? But I agree, I, dance is one thing I've always been passionate about. I absolutely love it. It's not something I do for money, it's something I do for fun.
1: Okay, going back to the New York City, we're not going to stop <laughs> at this, the sixth, uh Fifth.
2: So, other
1: dancing gigs, your role, I mean, I, I'm not a dancer, mm-hmm. and I have interviewed dancers on my Lee Skunas from earlier episode, um, who is working, I went to see him, uh, the musical called The Big Fish in Back Bay, and he was phenomenal. For you, I guess, what, what was the lifestyle like? You know, what, what was a day in the life of a dancer in New mm-hmm. York City? Tell me about
2: that. I mean, it could get crazy. I didn't do; it wasn't full time or anything. This was always just a side project, something I love to do. It was more fun for me, but it could be crazy. One time, I got a phone call at midnight. This awesome restaurant in Manhattan, and they they have belly dancers, and they're like, "I need you to be here in five minutes." I'm like, "There's no way,
0: no way." But that would
2: happen often. Like, they would just there would be a later show, or they'd need something for the weekend. it's all nice restaurants. Mm-hmm. It was just it was crazy
1: but so in that case you would have to say no i
2: would usually say no because we're talking about like a suitcase full of like the costumes are heavy wow they're full of jewels it's absolutely crazy it Takes time to put them on time to makeup put them on, makeup hair everything there's also props like we would have swords um, trees with candles on top. I also can play the zills, which are those finger symbols. Yes, yes. Uh, we had wings, like full-on sparkly wings that you can dance wow. with, canes. There's all different types of props and everything. Wow, it, it sounds like...
1: You reminded me of like when we were little girls. and <laughs>
2: Right, the costume. <laughs> you go to a cupcake
1: store, you expect to buy all these props from... But they're just so smart for them to, to have it around. Um, but it's, it's so funny because I'm a skater. I know I, I didn't grow up as a dancer or mm-hmm. like doing a lot of stuff and taking lessons than little girls would. Um, but I remember there was a saying that as a skater, and in San Diego, for instance, there are a lot of skaters well into their 40s and 50s. And they're saying our summer lasts, you know, 30, 40 years long. So right. um, what was it like for you to be a dancer? And while having assume you have a lot of friends who are not dancers, who are in New York City, who are the typical—I don't know—doctors, lawyers, advertisers. Mm-hmm. What was it like to kind of compare yourself, which I hate to do?
2: Um, no, they—they they actually all appreciated it. Yeah, all of my friends would come to my shows. Oh, that is so true. Because I—I also have a... Yeah, um, they love it. They're—they're they're like, yeah. why aren't you still doing it today? Like, yeah. why aren't you performing? They—they well, they would come to all of my shows.
1: Yeah, I—I I, I must say that I also have a friend who's an actor who were interviewed by me for my podcast. Still living in New York City, and he is the reason why all of us travel all around the country to see him, regardless where it is. It mm-hmm. could be in like suburban New York or something. Like we would just just go, uh, whatever it takes. So I must follow with your friend's question: Why aren't you? In this I I know.
2: Time? Well, I'm, I'm teaching Zumba now, which fulfills my. I love to dance. I love to teach. So. Mm-hmm. That definitely fulfills that. The whole performing, it, it's such a crazy field. It's not predictable. It can happen anytime. I might join a troupe if I can find one here in Boston. Mm-hmm. If I was in New York, I probably would still be part of a troupe or something a little bit more low key where it's not crazy performances on like weeknights or anything mm. like that. What
1: brought you back to Boston?
2: Uh, my family's here.
1: I see. And you grew up in Boston? I'm from Rhode Island originally. Oh when did you guys, I guess, move back and forth between uh, Rhode Island and, and Massachusetts? Or where are your parents now? Like, uh, parents are in Rhode Island still. Still? Okay. Nice. And you went to school in New York?
2: Went to school in New York,
1: yeah. Uh, which school? Pace University. Oh, I've heard of them. Mm-hmm. More, on, more on dancing. I feel like it just, it's something that, to your point, like, you are bringing an experience that your other friends otherwise will not have. Mm-hmm. you know um it's different than going to a show i noticed with my friend john haggerty like it's very different for me to see a a broadway show in boston i would enjoy it but when he's in it oh yeah it's very different wow it's just like the senses the neurons in your body i mm-hmm. mean like the visceral connection it's like really mm-hmm. over the top three x if not more um so what in addition to zumba like what, what do you do these days to kind of keep your creative engine working and kind of keep your like balanced and, and fulfilled in a way that outside of dance?
2: Yeah. Hmm. Um the beach has always been something that's been very calming and very almost well, like spiritual for me. That's like mm-hmm. my one happy place. When I'm on a beach, it just takes me back to serenity. It's awesome.
1: Which beach uh which beach, are Any you beach. Yeah. Um I
2: live in Southie, so or South Boston, so it's mm-hmm. not far to go to Castle Island or right over that area. Mm-hmm. Walk around, see the ocean, see the waves. And you read a lot.
1: I have a feeling that
2: books, blogs... Mm-hmm. Would I read a lot of books, as much as I can, time permits. I listen to a lot of YouTube or different authors that are speaking about things. Uh-huh.
1: What, what are some of your favorites that come to mind right now? I know.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I do love Wayne Dyer. Wayne Dyer is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. He's a great spiritual writer, talks about life and balance and how you keep yourself balanced with work and everything you're doing. You're staying in present in the moment versus always being crazy thinking about what's next.
1: Mhm. Funny, you're the most even keeled marketing producer I've worked with <laughs> at Arnold. Um, and I think absolutely it's a it's a compliment. And I think when you when you hear this audio, you, you actually hear how even keeled you are. Your voices are. I mean, it doesn't mean that you're not exciting, you know. But it's just yeah. I no, think, I
2: stay very in the moment. Yeah. Try not to get riled up. If something happens, you think about it, you process it, and you move on.
1: Could you teach me how to be better in the <laughs> moment? I'm, I think I'm really bad at it sometimes.
2: It's just a good step back, think yeah. about it a little bit before you mm-hmm.
1: dive right in. One, one of the things I, I thought about this like two days ago, that one way I could like personally remind myself is when I'm in a really tough situation, mm-hmm. you sense that whether you're sweating a little more, like your heart rate goes up, whatever that may be, I said to myself that's a great signal to say pause right now. Mm-hmm. Just right now check in with yourself. And oh yeah, s- you know? No, 100%. Yeah, Cool. Another blog you recommended to me which I, oh my god, fell in love with is Positively Positive.
2: Oh, it's great, isn't it? Oh man, I I
1: never heard of it before yeah. um, and I know that you found one of my... <laughs> one of
2: your podcasts on it.
1: <laughs> it's so funny how good you feel like doing a podcast and Uh, This is just sharing my own personal story that last week I invited Marianne, who's the executive director of For the Friends of Boston Homeless, that's Mm -hmm. a really long name, and she and I barely met before at like big events, we probably walked by each other Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of times, and she was sitting right there in a different room, and and I remember seeing her eyes for the first five minutes. She's like,
0: oh, uh, what's
1: going on? Like, you know, we're we're talking really face-to-face for the first time. But instantly, five minutes in, she just eased right in. And yeah. so many interesting things came out. So now that you are fully warmed up, um, I one of the, my favorite questions right now is, you know, what is something that you don't carry on the surface of yourself? Like, what are some of the things that, People should know about you, but don't.
2: Hmm. I think my spiritual spiritual side is kind of I don't portray that as much in, at work. Mm-hmm. So I meditate every day.
1: Wow! Please tell me <laughs>
2: when, how. I actually, it's it's a newer. I've always wanted to. I know how great it is for you. It's great for the mind. Great for the body. But I always felt like no, I can't. Every time I tried to, I'd be like, no, I can't. Mm-hmm. So I actually recently took a course at MGH Hospital, it's the Stress uh, Management Resilience Training, and I just finished, and we we had to meditate every single day was part of the course.
1: And then you do at home instead of at the hospital?
2: Yeah. Uh So we would have class once a week and we'd learn different techniques, learn different things about thinking and the brain and how it functions and how stress affects your life and chemical reactions within the body, it was very interesting.
1: It, it's a full course, obviously. Full course,
2: eight week course.
1: Wow, eight weeks, and it's hard to kind of dump out or like digest all that information. But what are some of the some of the, n- not necessarily key takeaways, but like something? Yeah, that, no, really I would say the on. top
2: one is the meditation. They wanted twenty minutes a day, which seems like such a big commitment. commitment but I feel completely different if I don't meditate one day. I feel completely different than the day that I do, and it's much better on the day that I do. Wow. So I completely see the difference.
1: You know, what's funny is like now that I have, um, you know, since we start working on a project four weeks ago, that's like right in the middle of your meditation course. Yeah. Are you saying that if I were to work with you
2: before that, were you like, <laughs> no, no, I was still the, it's still the same. I'm still even keeled, but it's more focusing on things in life that I'm looking to do. I mean, career-wise, I, I love it here. But there's other things in life I want to do, like more spiritual thinking and keeping my mind calm and maybe teaching that to others.
1: Mm. I, I like that a lot. Let mm-hmm. um, I may have just cut you off. You're in the middle of telling me like some of the things in addition to meditation. Like what are some of the you know mean like counterintuitive stuff that they teach you. You're like, wow, like that eye opening moment.
2: Yeah, well one thing, so we had to come in every week and say one thing that was average we're kind of ritual, like every something you do every day, such as walking to work or eating, mm-hmm. something that was the best part of your day and something that was the worst part of your day. So we would kind of go around the room and talk about that, and you'd have to actually write down every single day the best, the worst, and average. Mm-hmm. And as you kept going, my worst started to disappear. I was like, mm, there's really nothing that was the worst part of my day. Wow. Like, if you really think about it. So it's also training your brain that you have to not think that something bad is going to happen, or something is always going to be negative. If you start focusing more on the positive, it brings more positive.
1: That's, that is very counterintuitive and interesting. Do you think that is necessary that you talk it out? Like...
2: I think so. So what we saw, so the first time they asked us to do this, we had everyone in the room, the woman asked us, all right, what was the best thing that happened today? of people in the room started with a negative and turned it into a positive. Just Uh by human nature, they would say, well, you know, I was walking to work and then my shoe broke, but it's okay because blah, 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 blah. Uh Uh-huh. Whereas there was 5% of people in the room that started off with, oh, I had a great day. I got a manicure or something like that. Uh-huh. But it's the tendency of many people to always just focus on, all right, well, it was bad or this, and then go to the negative. So we had to retrain our brains. Uh-huh. No longer could we start with the negative. We just had to really focus on the, most, the best part of the day. Mm. How, long,
1: how long does it take for someone to kind of talk about the day? were permitted to you guys kind of in a forum, like how long per person?
2: Oh, it was only probably less than a minute. Wow. Because they are just saying one simple fact of what happened or. Mm-hmm.
1: It's interesting because uh, when we, my guest number one, Caleb Brown, who used to work at Arnold, mm-hmm. uh, never put a construct to it, but I remember like when he walks up to you, he really, he just, he has this, his way of looking in your eyes and saying, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. And then he wouldn't Begin to talk about anything else until you authentically express yourself. And then, like, and then it doesn't matter what it is, like, he makes you feel like you're gonna be okay. I mean, it's really magical.
2: Yeah, it is. That's Uh, being present. That's being fully present with someone versus thinking, if I'm sitting with you right now, I'm like, oh, I gotta do this, 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 and this. It's literally putting that aside. Your focus, your focus is here, right, and now. And that's when you can really listen the best and also give the best advice Mm -hmm. and be able to just be there.
1: I actually walked into this podcast feeling a little bit stressed, thinking about, you know, what happened yesterday, this morning, but then just right now, as of now, I'm completely like in the moment. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Wow. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> We're gonna share information for the uh, MGH course in case yes. you know, anybody who's listening to this are interested. And um, I I had a quick question, which is, what if you what if such course is not accessible to you? Mm-hmm and say you go home, whether you're in a relationship or not, but you don't necessarily have people who are there to listen to you, to be there for you, how do you kind of like let let that out, like on your own, there's like a method that you could go about that, you know what I mean? Like, um, instead of a training course, like.
2: You mean like a stress release or like?
1: Yeah, like extra, talk about, I mean, it sounds too arbitrary, like talk about your day or express, you know, Without somebody asking you, how was your day, Renee, and and potentially you had a stressful day, like, is there any method that MGH, that training course, would offer to you, like, now you guys have graduated from this course, Hmm. how do you continue the training?
2: It's interesting. I think with the meditation, a lot of that things you need to get out actually goes away. Because your mind is quieted for 20 minutes where you're not thinking, Mm -hmm. and then you come out of that a little bit refreshed and you kind of reframe the way you've thought about things, that if you generally come home and complain about something, Mm -hmm. you start, your mind starts to quiet and those things aren't as important anymore. Wow. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. interesting. It's really interesting. Yeah.
1: This metaphor, it's not a metaphor, it's actually real practice. I remember growing up in Beijing, and we would have somehow all the PE classes at noontime, right? Like a summer day, noontime, Mm -hmm. and then you have a PE class. And I remember some of the kids would, you know, pass out and easily get dehydrated and... And um, the teacher would say that if you just quiet your mind and your the, your body temperature automatically drops. Yeah. It um, could be pretty significant on your mind.
2: Oh, that's crazy, yeah. yeah. I believe 100%. It's hard
1: to practice that when you're 8 or 10, Oh, but.
2: no. I fully agree. No, I wonder, because some of the people in my course, they actually have children. And they're like, mm-hmm. I've started to teach my children. You know, when I'm meditating, they can meditate, too. Mm-hmm which I'm like, oh, I would have loved to learn that as a child, to be able to think, oh, if something, I can just and go in my room, be quiet, and I'll feel better. But we're not taught that.
1: Yeah, oh, man, I, we are very similar in age in case people uh, are unclear. Um, but I, I couldn't agree more. Granted, I didn't grow up here. I grew up in Beijing. I, the amount of information, thanks to the Internet, but now we, ha- we can kind of just like, oh, I mean, a little bit of this and read a little bit about that. When we were growing up, I mean, teenage years are, are really tough. And we didn't have the love of support, even the understanding or the resources. Right? I'm sure you feel the same. No, way. I feel
2: the same 100%. <laughs>
1: like, you're, you're, like, kind of all pouring it a thousand percent. I want to hear about your meditation routine. Like, what music do you listen to? What
2: <laughs> app do you use? So our instructor was telling us that there's different techniques, and eventually you want to do it on your own. Mm-hmm. So whether it's a technique of just sitting there and, really focusing on the breath, so breathing in, breathing out, and just just focus on your breath the entire time, as long as you can sit there. I honestly have trouble focusing, <laughs> so I love the guided meditations. There are so many on YouTube. I just Google different ones. I try all different ones, um, and then I, for one week, I'll find one I absolutely love, and then the next week, I'll try something different. There's literally probably thousands on YouTube, so I try different ones all the time to mm. see which works best which ones I like. I start saving them on a playlist on YouTube and then go back to the ones I liked. Share? Why don't you share your playlist after? <laughs> it's yeah. <always> really personal. <laughs> no, there's actually one that I really like that I used this morning. And you know what's funny, when I was, I traveled a lot last past couple of weeks, yeah. and sleeping on the plane, I never had trouble, but I sometimes do, but this meditation puts me to sleep on the plane every single time.
1: Okay, all the travelers out there? <laughs> right? Yeah, working in advertising, consulting.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you
1: actually brought up a good idea of like all the different advice, uh, suggestion we can aggregate, share with people who are in our industry, travel a lot. Yeah. yeah. yeah,
2: This one was called Splendor of Meditation. I'm trying to see who it's by. I like that name. Yeah, that's all I have is Splendor of Meditation. I found it on Google Music. Um.
1: So I think it's, it's a good segue into um, work a little bit, and not in a traditional sense, but I think we should probably cover a little bit of that mm-hmm. too, so people get a sense of what is uh, a day in the life of a marketing director here at Arnold, mm-hmm. you know, and um, as a woman, because traditionally in advertising, and a lot of people watch like Mad Men, an, an account marketing role were were very, very rare for women, even 40, 50 years ago. Right so tell us about you know what is your role what is your day like oh
2: my day-to-day is ranges it can be crazy it can be laid back it can be fun a little bit of everything what i absolutely love though is every day is very different mm-hmm. i don't walk into a day where it's the same as the day before or this next day it's always something new some challenge some obstacle or something positive or something there's just so many different Ways it can go, mm-hmm. but it, it it's all different people. I probably talk to at least fifteen to twenty pe- different people a day.
1: I completely echo that we yeah. are we're in a sort of similar, sometimes different role here: marketing production versus digital production. I mean, for my audience, real quick, is digital production focuses on a lot of digital applications, apps, website design redesign, um, the type of work experiences, mm-hmm. and um, So, what got you into marketing?
2: Uh, So actually when I was in New York City, I worked at a women's gym. It was on 23rd Street in Gramercy Park. And I had to talk to all of the members. That was one of my jobs. I would say hi to everyone. I actually trained a bunch of people. I was a fitness trainer for a while. And this one woman, I saw her almost every day. And she loved her job. She Mm -hmm. would come in and tell me how much she loved it. What she was doing, she actually worked in events for Johnny Walker, so all different types of liquor events. But she would tell me she loved it. So I was a sophomore in college at the time, undetermined degree, and after speaking with her, I was like, I want to do marketing. That's it. She was was a marketer. She was a marketer.
1: Wow. What? What? uh, Um. You know, I wonder if she could listen to the podcast. Do you remember?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. no, I, still, I we're still friends on Facebook. I haven't spoken with her in several years. but So what happened was I kept in touch. I reached out to her my senior year and said, oh, hey, do you guys have any internships? Yeah. And she's like, oh, I think we, we might. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, let me see. So she brought me in. I interviewed with a few people. They hired me as an intern. I entered my whole senior year, and then they hired me when I graduated college. What's the name of the agency? It was called US Concepts when I worked there, but they were bought out, so now it's called MKTG. They're in New York City.
1: Do you think it's a really good way to understand, not only maybe advertising, but to get a sense of how any job actually functions, the best way is to get an internship?
2: 100%. Whenever, so I've been speaking recently at several colleges, universities, and the number one question they ask is like, oh, any advice for us? And I'm like, yes, get an internship. 150% hundred 150% in internship is well worth.
1: What about a mentor? Like, do you think that woman, obviously, you kind of stumbled upon, like, she actually came to you. Yeah. But for women, women and men out there, uh, who are kind of unsure about what they want to do, do you think getting a mentor... Or give the mentor different names. Some people say mentors. mentor... Yeah,
2: possibly. I don't know. I struggle with the mentor name, too, because I feel like it had... To me, it should be organic. Like, yeah. you shouldn't be given a... Me- I don't know. You just kind of gain a mentor. Mm-hmm. But I've seen people that have been given one, and it works both ways. But to me, the organic is the best way that that works. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's different things. Going to see different speakers or... Watching different YouTube videos. I mean, TED Talks are awesome to see what's going on in various industries or thought leadership. Mm -hmm.
1: It's so spiritual. Somehow, in this room, and the music started to play. (laughs) I
2: know. I think it's Uh, a conference
1: call. Oh, I see. (laughs) It's interesting. Actually, it's perfect for this kind of conversation. Right? You had just mentioned that you spoke at different places recently. Mm -hmm. Uh, Too humble. That should have come up (laughs) earlier on. (laughs) Where and what topic?
2: Uh, So, I recently spoke at Simmons. And it was more about advertising in general, what a career in advertising is, what do we do. I shared a case study, some of the work we've done, and then I took everyone through a creative brief and why they're important, how to write one, what results are yielded from a creative brief, and everything.
1: What was the size of the audience and how engaging?
2: Uh, So it was an undergraduate class at Simmons. There was about 35 people. It was awesome. Everyone was very engaged. A lot of great questions. We're all yeah. different folks in the room, so we had people that were interested in yeah. account service or creative design or analytics. So de- all different types of people, and
1: mm-hmm. and we offer all those jobs here. Exactly. I no, I talk cool. about
2: all the different things you could do because you hear advertising agency and you're like, you either I don't know. I think creative. I think designer. Or mm-hmm. but there's so many different roles that you could help, like there. hop into. Yeah. yeah.
1: Wonder how how did that opportunity
2: come about? So I think two years ago, through Arnold, they had asked me if I would speak at um, Suffolk. Yeah. It was through like the American Advertising Association or something along those lines. So I spoke at Suffolk and then from Suffolk they asked me if I would speak at Simmons. And then I've done a few at Suffolk now and a few at Simmons.
1: Wow. Do you think, like, are you in particular chosen because you've spoken in different places? Or it was like randomized here at Oregon.
2: I'm not sure. Well, now I think since I've spoken and I'm, I like to do it. I definitely enjoy it. So the the one this one teacher keeps asking me back. She's like, oh, can you come back every quarter for my new or every semester for my new students? I'm like, sure. Why not? Yeah. I love to read Twitter. I follow lots of different news sources and mm-hmm. thought leaders, and I, I just love to read. That's my, actually every morning. That's my news source. Mm-hmm. Twitter. Twitter. I see. And the Skim. The Skim is the new one. That's pretty good. Have yeah. you heard of the Skim? No. So it's How do you spell that? it's I think it's S K I M M. Okay. It's the Skim. Sounds and, very familiar. Yeah. Every morning they send you a one page recap of all the latest news that happened in the last twenty four hours.
1: I'm gonna get on that.
2: It is the most fabulous recap because yeah, I mean, we're all busy. Yeah. But it literally and it's the world news. So mm-hmm. if something happens it's in, I get it at probably 4 or 5 in the morning. So when I wake up, it's right there and I can read everything that I should know about the world before the workday starts.
1: Why are you getting up at 4 or 5 in the morning? I didn't know that. No, they no, running. they send
2: it at 4 or 5 in the oh. morning. And then I get up at like 6. 6.30 and then I read it.
1: Wow. That's still pretty early though, I gotta say. Eh, not too bad. Yeah, you're a morning person, <laughs> I can see. Uh, that's that's fascinating because that's one area for me, like from a self improvement uh, mm-hmm. standpoint. I feel I'm lacking and I'm embarrassed by it. My dad was a politician, uh, worked in the army, where he was our news reporter. Like, oh wow. You know, news at a dinner table, whether we like to hear, the news is kind of filtered through him, if you can imagine. A lot of things he was interested in weren't necessarily what my mom and I were interested in talking about. Um since then I feel like I had this like mental block about news in general, but I feel really deeply embarrassed where when people start talking about the thing and I'm like, what what is the thing happening here? Mm-hmm. the world knows about it and you're like that dress thing. Like is it yeah. is like,
2: it yellow or blue? That was at the scale.
1: <laughs> I went on this little uh the next time. So wow. So I'm gonna ask you to imagine a project because some someone like you could do something really I think, phenomenal. Um, so let's remove the constraints of okay. where you are right now, how much it will cost, how many resources it will take. What is an ideal project that you would like to work on? It could just be for yourself. Like, what a, mm. what is that day of freedom? What is a day without a full-time job looks like to you? What would you be doing?
2: Hmm. First thing that came to mind is I mean, actually, I love teaching dance. I love dance, and I know how it can be helpful to so many people. So, some type of dance studio that anyone can go to. Yeah. Like I, you don't have to pay. You can just go. You take classes. It can be maybe somewhere in the city, but it's open to everyone and it's free. Mm -hmm. I just I know I actually used to teach Zumba at a women's shelter, out in um, Quincy, Mm -hmm. which is kind of crazy. It was on. Have you heard of Long Island in Quincy? No. So it was this island off of, so there's Quincy, then there's Moon Island and Long Island, and they were connected by bridges. Mm-hmm. And there were shelters at the end of Long Island. Mm-hmm. But the bridge was so decapitated in the last six months, they got rid of the bridge, actually moved the homeless shelters, and got rid of the bridge, so nobody lives out there anymore. Wow. Crazy. It's a crazy story. So, and they had guards. Nobody could go out there. You had to go past the guard, tell him why you were there, and then he would let you out onto the bridge to go to the island. And you did that? I did that, yes.
1: What was it like teaching Zumba to homeless people? Awesome. Women, in particular. Did you say that?
2: There was a few tough cases where, you know, I'd be teaching and then they would get frustrated or be like, I'm not doing this. Mm -hmm. But I would start off being like, you know what? I'm here. If you want to dance, awesome. If you don't, no problem. Or if there's a song you don't like, feel free to just go sit down. Join on the song you like. So I I had people walk out a few times or be like, I can't, I'm not doing that move. But for the most part, I would say 90% enjoyed it and were so glad that they could work out in the shelter and have fun, left smiling.
1: I was going to ask you just by you teaching at BSC, I asked myself, uh, I lock myself in a room when I record the intro, outro of the audio, you know, my podcast. And I've gotten a lot better over the past six months. I was so frightened and I I talked about just the fear I had inside of me releasing these things and being a woman being always apologetic about everything and seeing you teach dancing in front of a group of 10 20 people I said to myself I don't think I can ever do that I'll just be so self-conscious like physically and if I'm doing the right thing will I make mistakes will they like me um, mm-hmm. but you choose to go to an island and actually teach yeah, that to um, you know, people who are, uh, rejecting you on the spot. I mean, not all of them, but... Yeah. were Were you scared? I mean, were you... No,
2: not really. I mean, I knew that some would, some would like it, some wouldn't, but for the most part, if I'm helping one person, then awesome. That's what I'm there for. If I'm helping two people, even better.
1: Wow. And how many people were
2: there? There's probably about 10 to 15 most of the time. Yeah.
1: If one walks out, that's okay. You have...
2: Yeah, if one was not okay. happy, they would sit down or they would not join.
1: Where Where are you teaching these days in addition to BSC?
2: Just BSC. I'm doing a lot of subbing. So I sub at all the BSCs in Boston, the greater Boston area. There's a play, uh, gym out in Woburn that I've been doing a lot of subbing as well.
1: And someone in Wakefield, is that true?
2: Is uh, I used to teach at Wakefield.
1: Yeah. Oh, is it too long of a drive for you? Too EVs? far from here,
2: yeah. I see, yeah. And time constraints with my full-time job, teaching Tuesday nights, there's just not a lot of time. Yeah,
1: I because I know when I saw Wakefield, it's like yes, because uh, you know I go to a taekwondo school and I could just imagine the spaces. It's really spacious. Oh yeah, and that we have mirrors uh, all built out, and we have these like mats. That's great for martial arts. But maybe we'll figure something out. I don't know to make yeah. something like worth your time. You know. Yeah. Oh
2: yeah. If it's once in a while, I definitely do it. Yeah. Every week up and in, out, in the burbs is tough.
1: What about teaching kids Zumba?
2: Does that ever work? They do. They have. Um, Zumba kids, like I think they call it Zoomini. Oh, it's so Yeah, cute. so they there's a whole <laughs> training on how you do Zumba with kids. So I would have to go get that training. Do you need to, What do you think? Oh, probably not. I could probably tailor. I think so. Songs to teach to kids. 100 percent. Yeah. I think so.
1: I have one more question. Oh my god, I can't believe all this came up. <laughs> that, yeah, this is really impressive. Because you carry a, I mean, I knew right away, That's like one thing I feel like something I carry that maybe it's not unique to me, that when I talk to people for the first 30 to 60 seconds, I see something like very, I know if they're different. And I think all of us do, but I know that like at a deeper level, that there's something more to what's on the surface. Um, and that could be very interesting, you know, otherwise. Oh, um, and but to go back to your idea of like what if you you know I want to open up a studio that anybody can go to yeah. uh, just a couple of weeks ago I was speaking with this like, really intelligent businessman from China and um, we were talking about you know what's you know cuz he's very forward looking forward thinking I said what what interests you in the next 15 20 years and he said robotics and he said there you know we're in you know, Cambridge, there's MIT, there are a lot of labs. And and one of our friends said, but but wait, robots are able to do everything that we humans are able to do, then what's our role? Isn't that scary? And he said, no, actually, you know, they will replace a lot of the things that may be boring, may be repetitive, and so that we humans can actually enjoy life better. And my friend said, but, but what all the money? How do we get money from? He's like, well, that's probably not really gotta be the currency anymore like maybe money true, yeah. wouldn't even mean a lot at all so in which case i could totally see you i mean even before that maybe there's an opportunity for you for you to open up something
2: yeah you never know yeah. it might happen
1: wow and on a really positive note yeah right? <laughs>